Hello and welcome to Comic Book Herald's Creanifators. I'm Dave Houston, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Today I'm excited to talk about Championess, a graphic novel from Legendary Comics, co-written by Kelly Zekas and Tarun Shanker. Uh, we're going to be talking today all things Championess, the graphic novel. There may be some, I suppose, spoilers that follow, although we will keep it uh, pretty focused on the process and kind of the outcome of making this work and all of that as we go. But again, this is a highly recommended book. I've got it on CBH's Best Comics of 2021 so far, recording this in August 2021. Uh, the story, for those of you who don't know, it's uh, based on the true story of Elizabeth Wilkinson, a female bare-knuckle boxer in 18th century London. And again, uh, it's based on a true story, but there's not a ton of information out there about Elizabeth Wilkinson, so we'll talk about that a little bit as well. So, Kelly Tarun, thanks so much for joining um, Kelly, let's start with you. This is uh, this is a graphic novel. The two of you have written um, a trilogy of of why he works for these vicious masks. How was co-writing uh, Championess different in some ways with Tarun? Uh, was there were there differences in the process, or are you two old pros now and this was uh, was super familiar? Well, I think the working with Tarun specifically that's that's old hat at this point. We're now like struggling to f- figure out how to write things solo. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that part is very much like, okay, we've got this process figured out. Tarun was um, in Japan for most of it. So, you know, we're writing uh, across many time zones, uh, but we've we've kind of got that part nailed down. Writing for a graphic novel, this was both of our first times doing that. So that was definitely brand new to us. And there was a lot of a, quite a learning curve there. Um, but it was... I mean, it's kind of great, you know, we're like, oh, we don't have to worry about <laughs> describing this this doorway. That's going to be the artist's job. Um, but we, of course, had to collaborate quite a lot with her on, you know, creating this world of 18th century London as well. Sure, sure. And the artist here is Amanda Perez uh, Puentes, who does a fantastic job depicting yeah. the world. Um, Tarun, when you were working on this with Kelly, at what point did you... At what point did you feel this would or should be a graphic novel, um, given that it was both of your first? Um, I think it was, I mean, it was pretty early on because it has to do with how we pitched it. Um, Like we had this idea from a Tumblr post. We found out about Elizabeth Wilkinson and thought that it was just a very, like the story felt very cinematic. So like we kind of thought of it as a movie, maybe in our heads at first. And we knew just, we just wanted to do something with it. And, um, And then basically like we had this rough outline and then a friend of ours connected us with our editor Nikita at Legendary and um, we sent our pitch over to her and kind of came up with a synopsis and a structure that would fit like a six issue graphic novel um, format and so it worked out um, going from like yeah going from the film script in our head maybe to to graphic novel kind of worked out pretty well that's interesting that you say that so i i think champion is definitely feels like a movie i mean it it feels from start to finish like a movie there's a, a lot of the beats i think are you know we get to know the character um they they go through trials and tribulations of course and obviously i'm <laughs> drastically shorthanding the work here because there's a lot to it and then of course by the end you know it's it that rocky sort of boxing template i guess is probably the most obvious for people who don't know boxing um or, or you know follow a lot of media like that um 
the cinematic elements of it, I was curious, like, is that something where you were already had this in process and were trying to get it developed um, before it became a graphic novel or not so much? Uh, no, not really. It was more, it was just the way it was in our heads. And yeah. I think like, I guess the way that we thought of it might just be the way like, like Rocky is the first thing people probably think about when they think about like a piece of boxing media and um, there's just like a very distinct boxing movie structure, sports movie structure. And so that's kind of what we, our minds went to first. We were really just outlining the story kind of around the exact same time the opportunity to work with Legendary came up. And yeah. it was like, oh, wow, that we didn't, we never thought of it as a novel, I don't think. Like, I don't, we really, we didn't really, I don't know, we, we did feel like it was more cinematic. So it was kind of the perfect option to have this okay, well, you're going to get to tell the story the way, you know, we're, used, we're storytellers, but then we worked with this amazing artist to bring those bits alive that we don't have the experience to do. So it was kind of a perfect meeting, I think, of what we wanted to do um, and to be able to show the story the right way. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting fit for the story, too, because Legendary is kind of going through a, a bit of a transition themselves as a publisher where I think I I definitely knew them as like well obviously just like they have all these ties to film right and they have in a comic side they have yeah. godzilla vs kong and Pacific yeah, the and these sorts of things yeah the monsterverse these things yeah. are still doing um but you know what you've kind of kicked off here is this really fascinating ya line that um that is like going on this year there's there's work coming this year like um i think it's lupine from the creator of contact high that i'm super excited about and uh like how did did you did you know you were kicking off sort of a new line when you were working on championship championess in those conversations or was that kind of um something that just happened as you were as you were developing it i think that's i mean i remember they said early on that they wanted to develop some original ya projects and that's how yeah. it first got introduced to us we didn't we didn't really know the rest of their lineup i think we were first as far as that so we didn't have anything to go off of yeah. as far as like seeing what types of ya stories they wanted it was just kind of we we sent a couple pitches and got the editors feedback and they they had to have internal discussions about what fit their vision about what they're it's pretty to do. diverse like even yeah. like yes this is this is very different from monsterverse and then ours is very different from i think heart hunter just came out this week which i'm really excited to pick up um i think they're all going to be ya is maybe the main tie but i'd say you know genre wise beyond that um that's still pretty i think i think is nikita editing all of them turn i think she might um, be no i think i think it's a mix of okay i think yeah. jan i'm not sure though yeah, and I, she has a pretty diverse t taste, I think, too. So I'm not surprised. And Nikita that... is your, was your editor on this project. Yes, kind of Nikita Konakati. Yeah, yeah, yeah she, she's been awesome. There does feel like some crossover potential with Godzilla vs. Kong vs. Elizabeth Wilkinson. Yes. We've been saying <laughs> <That's what> that. <laughs> <laughs> Still an opportunity. Um, okay, very cool. No, it's it's interesting. It's a good fit, and, and I'm excited to see where this line can go. But yeah, Championess is, is really the kickoff for it. And I think uh, it sets a strong tone. Um, Kelly, let's start with you here. What was your, what was your interest in sort of the, um, like the tone and, and the stage of Championess in terms of bare boxing, um, in terms of Victorian England? Were there certain elements of this that you were into prior to writing this? Or was it all research and kind of fresh? Uh I have loved historical romances, historical fiction, 
my whole life, I think pretty much. It's always been a strong, strong interest of mine. That's what kind of, when Tarun and I first worked on these vicious masks, which we started writing in college many, many years ago, mm. that was the part that I was like, well, I know YA and, and I love historical. So that part to me has been the obvious interest. Uh, this is set a lot earlier and there is significantly less information out there, especially about the lower class. It just wasn't recorded as well. There's not a lot of art. There's not a lot of description out there. I mean, of course, there's there's plenty if you do your research, but you know, it's it's a lot less. Um, Victorian England is significantly more popular than 1720s London um, in terms of what you're going to see in different media out there, um, especially historical fiction. It's very often set a little bit later. Um, and then boxing itself, I love boxing. Um, I love boxing movies. I love boxing myself. I'm terrible. I, <laughs> I would never want to fight Elizabeth. Um, but I have also always loved a good sports movie. Um, and I specifically love boxing. So it did feel like a pretty great fit for us in that way. Yeah. Um, we've yeah, done the historical and we, we are interested in this, you know, turns a, a film major, you know, he's, he's loved that element of it. So yeah, it did seem like a good project for us. Excellent. Excellent. That makes sense. Tarun, what was your kind of connection to the the material? And I guess in addition to that, like what, what were the hardest story elements to get right? Um, yeah, I, I would say my connection is probably, I mean, similar to Kelly's, um, in that I love boxing movies, sports movies. And, um, I think I, I, when I was a kid, like my obsession was like Kung Fu martial arts movies. And so I was kind of bringing, bringing a lot of that, like a lot of those elements kind of carry over pretty well. And um, I think, I, f I mean, I feel like the hardest element is, was the historical detail <laughs> probably, yeah. um, like what Kelly was saying about just doing the research. Like, I can't tell you how many hours I'd spend, like we needed a lantern for like like a lantern that someone's carrying for like two panels and we needed to give the artist a reference for that. And I'm pretty sure I spent like four hours just like researching <laughs> yeah. like lantern pictures and like trying to find Carriages, the right thing. Trying to find the right carriage for mm. that exact time period. Yeah, there's like 15 Another five different hours. names for carriages. Barouche and <laughs> Caracol. <laughs> like sorting through all of that is just, I mean, like I wish you got to get I the guess, gear right. You've uh, got to get the class right. You've got to get, oh my gosh. And yeah. like we said, not a lot survives from from this era. So yeah, I completely agree. I'd be like, let's not do a lantern. That'd be my, <laughs> that's Trune's like, we got to get perfect. And I'm like, let's just, no lanterns. Ever yeah, again. yeah. They're walking in the dark. <laughs> this is taking too this long. This is the dark. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And And that's one of the, I think, more fascinating elements about the read here is again because when like if you just go and, and what a lot of people would do like myself is you go and google elizabeth wilkinson and you want to see like what is out there and there's just not that much um so what what for you turn let's start with you here um what were the key components for you in balancing like the the based on a true story nature with the fact that a lot of the historical details details here are lost to time and that ultimately it's a fictionalized account like what what were the key elements in terms of how you wanted to bring that to life um, I think we kind of looked at it as like a, as like an opportunity to not be saddled with having to hit all these 
like specific details of her life. And so we were able to kind of tell the best story possible by using the stuff that we had as just like guiding posts. And um, we, we brought in a lot of the elements that we could find. Like we used a lot of the same names we used. Um, we tried to stick to the dates and um, tried to, yeah, tried to have the same fights and yeah, whatever. And then there's, then there's like a different section of like rumors about Elizabeth, like where her name came from. There's like no record of her name beyond these boxing advertisements in the newspaper. And there's like rumors that um, she was connected to like this criminal Robert Wilkinson who got hanged around the 1720s. And some people thought that she took her name from him or that she was his daughter or wife or something. And yeah. so we kind of just, we, we use some of those elements to kind of just come up with our interpretation, our version um, of her story. And I think also part of that, like the big part um, decision we had to make early on was like, um, we also wanted to tell the story of like the Indian experience very early on in um, England's relationship with India. And um, it was, I think when we were doing like research for our last trilogy, it was just, we discovered just how much more diverse England was than we had the image in our heads. Mm. And so we did some research about like when the first Indians would have come over, how they would have come over and like what the connection, a lot of it's, a lot of them are sailors from the British East India Company. And um, so we wanted to tie that into her story and one of her, one of Elizabeth's like big motivations for fighting um, is this idea of like, is she, is she English or is she like an outsider? Is she Indian? And being championess would make her England's champion. And we thought that like, that was a good way of tying in um, her arc with the actual history and showing that kind of side of England. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, it's an interesting blend of, of intersectionality with Elizabeth's character, because like you said, you know, she's, she's Indian, she's a woman in this sport and in a time when that is obviously not, you know, it's, it's all these, men telling her that she can't do it right and that she can't be a part of this so you have all of these barriers and then the class elements of she doesn't come for money she doesn't have wealth she's trying to get her sister out of a debtor's prison um all of these really i guess they're they're unique and engaging now but when you think about them you know 300 400 years ago they're horrifying you know that that all those barriers of course would have been in place in england um kelly for you what was the what was the most important for you sort of in depicting all of these different, you know, the, all these intersectional elements for Elizabeth's struggle and her character? Well, I think once we made the choice to go for what this angle that we had decided on, it's I, for me, it's about getting a balance right of, um, you know, what is her struggle? How is she going to overcome it? Um, how is this different from a modern day Rocky movie? Um, how are we, uh, accurately depicting this time period what the barriers would have looked like to her they're not quite the same as today like you know if you, you've you've googled her she was probably the most popular fighter of her day so this you know yes she met a lot of resistance um and she you know especially from men but she did gain this notoriety so there there were people who were interested in her success um she did get this title of um uh depending on the source, uh, European championess or British championess. Um, so 
she did rise to this prominence. She did gain, she did gain a lot of people liked her. They thought she was funny. She put, she put out like kind of hilarious challenges in newspapers. So we wanted to bring that in there too, um, to have enough challenge that would have been accurate, but also to, uh, highlight the fact that she did gain quite a lot of success. Mm -hmm. Um, that that's, we didn't make that up, uh, that part of it. Certainly, you know, we, we added quite a lot of story in there, but, her being the championess and, and her being an incredibly popular writer of her day who was kind of buried more by history than anything else by like Victorian era being like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't want to talk about this. We're going to keep talking about James Fig instead. Um, that's kind of more what's happened to her over time. So I think that was important to show. Yeah, no, that's interesting too. I, that's come up a lot in a, a number of contexts and in interviews that I've done. The one that definitely stands out is I interviewed um a writer and historian, Dr. Rebecca Hall, who wrote this book, uh, Wake, the, the History of Women-Led um, Slave Revolts. And it's, yeah. it's a, a thematic connection there in terms of just the ways that histories get lost and get um, yeah. you know, erased, essentially, just by not being told. And, and yeah, I mean, Kelly, I can definitely see that in terms of Elizabeth's story, where it's like you can... Because in those newspaper clippings, which you can find, like those are the things that some of those you can find, there's so much charm and and like you're you're right they're really funny yeah um and you have to assume there's some intentionality there and i think kelly and turin you do a really good job in bringing that through in elizabeth's personality um in this book because she's a very charming very fun character um even as she's you know making mistakes and even as she's constantly you know giving into her her worst impulses um it it makes it very very engaging Uh, looking back and the book's been out for you know a few months now, four or five. Um, seeing some of the reception that the the work has had, uh, is there anything you would change or add to the book, or is there anything you wish you had done differently? Go for it. I don't. I'm not really sure. Actually, I think. I mean, we sat with it for a while and kind of. Um, I don't know. We we probably overthought it a lot <laughs> and I don't know Kelly do you have anything I don't I can't think of anything like significant I don't know if there's anything we would change in the book the only thing is that I and you know this is probably just you know but I have had a lot of people be like I had no idea she was Indian we've I've said like mm. well we don't either <laughs> that's <laughs> you know nothing is ever mentioned about her race um, and and or what she looks like beyond the fact that she was Amazonian so probably very tall um, so you know we certainly tried to add that in there um, but yeah I think Actually, that yeah I guess like the yeah there was the the one thing that we like didn't expect was that like one of those like I can't remember what website it was, but it was like some website that gets angry about diversity in comics, like one of those types of places. And so we got some like angry tweets from people who were like, why did you change her race? Like, why did you make her like switch her from white to Indian? And like, I just didn't feel like responding to them because there's no point in it. But like, I feel like maybe if there was some way to make it clearer that like, we, there's no pictures of her, there's, we don't know what she looks like mm-hmm. and we were just taking like the whole point of the story is that if you're English you aren't necessarily white you can look like anything um like that's that's like we thought of that that's part of it and I don't know if there's just a way to make that more clear <laughs> to people that it wasn't like a switch it let's was be just, clear if people who are gonna be angry still gonna be angry like 
So, you know, I'm not particularly concerned about them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those, right. I, I think those types of replies are bad faith in, in all exactly. ways to begin with. So, because yeah. I, I, I was a little surprised, Kelly, when you just said um, people didn't realize she was Indian. Um, but I guess probably you mean historically, because in the work, it's very clear. Oh, yeah, sorry. They meant I like, thought, oh, wow, yeah. I had no idea this Indian woman existed at the time. And I said, well, you know, that is one thing that we just kind of made a, a t- decision on because there's yes. no, we don't know one way or another what what she looked like what her background was um right so yeah yeah. okay no and it's i i think that's you don't do it to be quote-unquote interesting or add a layer to the novel that wouldn't be there otherwise but i think the point you're making about the existence of people of color and again this intersectionality of you know gender and race and all of that uh that's that's increasingly important i think in all fiction and i think it's it's very well served here in championess um, because again, I think a lot of times, and definitely you know myself, a lot of media that we consume, you can come away with the impression where yeah, all of a sudden in my thirties, I'm like, wait, everyone wasn't white? No, of course not. Why? Like, why on earth would they have been? And it it needs to be there in story. I think. I mean, that's the thing is like we, if you look at most historical fiction, especially set in the UK, it's white stories. Um, mm-hmm. That's what mostly people are showing and depicting, and it was important to us to if we you know could do it we had the opportunity to tell the correct story um the right way that this is what we we wanted to show um (laughs) there were indian people in the uk at the time they were Mm -hmm. living and making and you know and and trying to figure out how to have a life there um and 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 boxing in all media you'll see this um boxing is often a path for people who don't have a lot of other options Mm. um you know Rocky or whatever else it might be and historically has been a path for people um so yeah yeah you're gonna have yeah it's like it's a it it all kind of fits together in the sense of like yeah the people who gravitated towards boxing are people on the margins and the people who aren't recorded as well by history are also those same people on the margins like there's just very little information and so you kind of have to you have to add something like you have to tell some sort of story to just keep their existence alive in some way. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's, it's a good and important thing, I think to, to tell those stories or, or at least to speculate on, on what those stories would have been. Right. Which I think is, is ultimately what this is. Um, one work that definitely popped into my head as I started reading this was Queen's Gambit. I think it, um, I had watched it not too long before that. And there's a lot of, I think because Queen's Gambit takes a lot from the boxing sports movie sort of template, um, did seeing the reception to that work in terms of like a young woman, you know, magnificent rise in a sport, like there's a lot of parallels. Did, did either of you sort of seeing that reception, did that lead to any reactions in terms of like, satisfaction or being like there's a huge market for championess if we can get it in front of the right eyes i i mean i i loved that series i thought it was so good she's so freaking awesome uh Mm -hmm. god she's so good uh it's funny i don't think i would have necessarily drawn the line but of course it's there yeah it was a sports series um what i love about it is that she's so flawed she's not Mm -hmm. this perfect strong woman who's just like never makes mistakes she is got her demons to struggle with and that is what gives me a lot of hope is I'm like, she is complicated. She is a jerk. She is so brilliant and smart and charismatic. Um, I love that character. Uh, And I think those are all things that I enjoy so much when I get to see 
female-led movies and, and media is it's just I want to see something that's not just like I mean especially in comics so like so many of them are just kind of like strong badass women mm. and Elizabeth is a strong badass woman but she's also like impulsive and thinks only about herself a lot uh and and is not perfect and so I I'm always thrilled when I see a story like that and I think Queen's Gambit is totally one of those stories yeah, yeah. I think um, I didn't. I haven't seen Queen's Gambit yet, but I remember seeing like a lot of people on Twitter basically saying it's like Netflix's version of like a sports manga type structure. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I was happy to hear that part because like part of like I've I like I grew up also just reading a lot of those sports manga things, and like Hajime no Ippo is like another big inspiration for for Champion S, like I've read like 50 of those volumes and love those arcs and just how, how they're, I don't know, how the authors just find great ways to like keep on bringing up new obstacles for their characters. And yeah, I think there's, yeah, I think there's definitely some influence there. So it was cool to see people responding to Queen's Gambit in that sense. It is funny when I, when I first sort of realized sports manga was a, was a thing, I grew up on superhero comics and that's always been kind of my go-to um it I was definitely like wait how is like how are there just volumes and volumes of like basketball like how do you keep that engaging and then when I picked up some you realize like oh there's there's all the same challenges that there are in storytelling for anything else where you have to come up with complications and you have to create unique characters who have flaws and all these things right you can't it's not literally just you know panel panel after jump shot and slam dunk right like it's it's all these it's all the things around it that make it interesting um so i i love that comparison yeah you can definitely see that inspiration and that shared sort of storytelling technique here as well um i i would uh i would recommend queen's gambit to you if you uh if you get time it's a it's a fun one it's only I like i think it's only seven hours although yeah. i will say the big uh the big advantage the championess has after over queen's gambit is that when you turn to research the uh the lead character you find some semblance of based in based in actuality as opposed to queen's gambit where i was startled to learn deep into the experience that it was not real <laughs> yeah it's based on a novel it's inspired by uh, real chess players i believe like there's i that's what i've read but the character is is from a novel yeah um but i was like i was totally sold for much of it thinking like this is a real historical thing story <laughs> about not. this woman yeah yeah, there's yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. That's like a tricky thing with also all these like historical stories. Like I had a similar experience with um, watching Black Klansmen like mm. a year ago. Yeah. Um, just that like slight disappointment when you're, when you watch this exciting story and then you look up the historical fact and you're like, oh, this thing didn't happen and this thing didn't happen. That's, yeah. I don't know. It's like a tricky thing to balance for which kind of is great about championess that they're so little. I'm like, well, all of it could have happened. <laughs> you can't you can't be disappointed about the changes, right? And that and that's why I think, you know, when you're mentioning those the really bad faith arguments about, "Oh my gosh, you changed this thing." It's like, this isn't Larry Bird. <laughs> this is this is Elizabeth Wilkinson, who probably you didn't know about before. Well, there was some, someone was like, right? I, don't know, I saw something that was like, you know, you know, they took this 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 famous historical figure and I'm like, you didn't know who she was. <laughs> you didn't have a shrine for Elizabeth Wilkinson in your closet. <laughs> right. And we didn't change anything. For all we know, we didn't change a single thing, really. Mm -hmm. I think we changed, like, maybe knows. a fight yeah. order here and there. But, like, 
so no it's it is very funny <laughs> yeah yeah okay cool no this is uh this has been great i i highly recommend people check this one out again it's really fun um it's one of those you know i get i get a gazillion review comics and um you know i try to give them all fair shake and this championess was one and i say this about all the ones that i love but it's one that i started reading and i was like oh okay i'm doing this like i'm i'm committed on this one till the end uh it grips you right away which is um which is definitely you know something that i i would like to praise uh so uh, great work kelly and tarun it's a, a really fun read and i enjoyed it um tarun let's start with you what is what's next for you what kind of stuff do you got on the horizon um let's see it's a lot of uh i don't know we're kind of juggling novel ideas and more graphic novel ideas so we we loved working with legendary and we're hoping to to do another comic with them but i've got to keep our ideas secret for right now. We're sure. just writing up synopses and coming up with pitches and stuff like that. Um, not, I don't know, we have, yeah, we have like a historical historical fantasy idea and then a contemporary fantasy idea that I'm working on for myself that might be a novel or a comic, depending on how it goes. We have, we always want to do everything. That's our problem is we're like, yeah. oh yeah, that modern day YA novel we want to write. Oh yeah. I want to write like a whole series of historical romances and then turn there like pitching like three things that have nothing to do with each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's our biggest problem is narrowing keeping down. Keeping it our... diverse and, and keeping it uh, a wide variety of options. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're working on something, you start just having fantasies of working on something else. Like working oh, yeah. on anything else except for the thing you work on. So yep, yep, I get that. I get that for sure. Uh, Kelly, do you have? Um, you mentioned earlier that it's it's almost hard to write solo because you two are so familiar writing together. Um, what's your what's your decision making process and kind of like oh that's a solo thing? Like how are you starting to carve that space? Because I've I've seen that with other writers who I know as sort of co writers um, in comics in particular where they yeah. you can start to get identified in that way as co-writers and mm-hmm. I, it can be good, but I can also see the desire to like have your own path. How do you, how do you work that out? Well, I, I mean, upfront, I was not a writer at all. I went to theater school. That's how I knew Tarun mm-hmm. was, was we went to school together uh, and he was writing this thing that I was like, Oh yeah, I'll like beta read it. And then I was like, I'm writing it with you. So I have a lot of like, Oh, I don't know if I can do this by myself thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I basically, we make decisions based on Tarun will be like, I want to write this. And I'll be like, I have no interest in that. <laughs> that's how we make <laughs> yeah. our decisions. I'm working on something right now. That's like a modern romance about like, um, reality TV set and Trun's like, enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's the main, you know, we're like, if it's, if it's a fit where we both feel like there's a good reason for both of us to do it together and we're both really excited, we're going to do it together. If it's something that's like, oh, that just feels like a Kelly or Tarun project, that's theirs. Um, we'll probably always be each other's like first reader on everything. Like Tarun's pitching something right now solo and I'm, I've read all of it and I'm really excited about it. I think it's amazing and I really hope he gets to do it. But that, like it's his. That, that one's not me, um, which is kind of fun. You're starting to learn your identities separately too. Yeah, I guess, it, yeah, I feel like the official way you're supposed to be doing is like branding, like you sure. get in some sort of genre, but we're not really <laughs> thinking about that. Clearly haven't stuck to that. I mean, I guess you yeah. could say it's historical, except that everything we're pitching right now is, well, I don't know, 80% of it isn't. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if the next book is not bare knuckle boxing, everyone's going to be thrown for a real loop. <laughs> really going to be a Keep that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, this has been a pleasure. Uh, where should people find you? Uh, Kelly, let's start with you. Where do you want people to find you and, and find your work? Boy, uh, don't. 
<laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> well, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. so, I'm just, I just, I admit very strongly that I am very rarely on Twitter, or at least I'm trying not to be, but I am Kelly Zekas on Twitter. I'm the, if you Google Kelly Zekas, I'm the only one. So whatever you, you find go. is unfortunately related to me. Tarun, how about you? Um, same. Um, TK Shanker on Twitter and TarunShanker.com is my website. And Oh, yeah. I'm Kelly-Zekas.com because I let my old Kelly Zekas expire. And now it is a pharmaceutical website, I think. Oh, what? I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Somebody stole it from me. That's a bummer. I think it's, in, that is I think it's another language. I'm not sure. That's what I gathered so far. Yeah. So. No, I yeah. think it was, a, it was a Japanese pharmacy website. Yeah. 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 Whoops. Wow. They've been they've been wanting that domain for years. <laughs> I should have. Got I could have gotten money. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm obviously bad okay. at this part. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good deal. Well, Kelly Turner, thanks so much for joining. Uh, everybody listening, I do highly recommend Championess. Uh, we'll include links here in the show notes. And of course, like I said, it's going to be on the best comics of 2021 list for CBH, which is probably the easiest thing to find. If you just Google the best comics of 2021, you will find it over on comicbookherald.com. So I'm Dave. You can find all my stuff at comicbookherald.com and at comicbookherald on social. And uh, otherwise, again, Kelly Turner, thanks so much for joining, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Thank you for having us.